Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pushing the Limits this week. Today, uh, I have a brilliant man to guest, Dr. William Seeds. Now, Dr. Seeds is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon from the USA, and he is a physician specializing in all aspects of sport medicine and total joint treatments. He has over 22 years of experience, and Dr. Seeds is focused on providing the most innovative results for those seeking to maximize their performance, relieve their injuries, and live a healthy lifestyle. Now, what I find absolutely fascinating about Dr. Seeds is that he is an absolute expert on peptide therapies and this is something that I've been interested in for quite a long time and I've read his book The the Peptide Protocols um, and I am very very fascinated by this area of medicine because um, it's got some next level things for helping us with aging for helping with repair of of joints and uh, gut health, uh, neuro health. It's just, uh, there's just an incredibly uh, wide variety of uses for these peptide therapies. So Dr. Seeds is going to talk about peptide therapies today. We got so tied up in his backstory, his incredible backstory. Um, We didn't get to all the juicy bits. I'm hoping to get Dr. Seeds back on and another peptide specialist that's coming on tomorrow, um, Brian from the Boulder Longevity Institute as well, because I want to do a couple of sessions on this because I think peptides, I want to put that on your radar if if, if you're not already familiar with what peptides are. Um, I want you to be starting to look at this because this is very advanced metabolic and nutritional sort of um, medicine uh, or that can really help with so many things and cellular medicine. Um, apologies for the audio in the background. I've got my mum in the uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy clinic. This is what you call multitasking, working from home. So that's the noise that you can hear in the background. So apologies for that, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, before we head over to Dr. William Seeds, um, just want to remind you about our epigenetics, uh, program. We'd love you to come and check that out. This is all about understanding your genes and optimizing your whole environment to those genes. You know, we have about 23,000 genes in our genome, epigenome and our genetic, uh, inheritance, so to speak. And we have control, however, over uh, what genes we turn on and off during the day with all our activities, what we eat, what we, how we rest, how we exercise, the environment, the temperatures, all of these things affect what genes are turned on and off. And this is where it gets really interesting because although we've inherited certain genetic from, genetics from our parents, really the power lies within our hands to optimize our environment to those genetics in order to get the best uh, out of our potential and out of our lifespan. And uh, we just love this program. We've put through hundreds and hundreds of people through this program, and it's a real eye-opener. It's also very powerful for athletes wanting optimal performance, knowing you know things like what time to train, what types of exercise you will respond to best, what times your hormones are replacing so that you're not doing any damage to your hormones, um, what foods to eat, of course, what timings of different activities you should be doing, how much sleep you need, what your dominant hormones are. All of these things are areas that we cover in this epigenetics program. So if you want to find out all of that sort of great information, like getting a user manual for your body, then come and check us out at 
uh, lisatamati.com and hit the work with us button. And there you'll see all of our programs. We have our epigenetics program on there. We have our run coaching programs. We have my speaking. I do a lot of speaking, corporate speaking. at different conferences and events around the world, uh, currently mostly in New Zealand for obvious reasons. Um, we also have our Mindset U and we have our supplement NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, which is a longevity and anti-aging supplement, which I am super excited to be able to bring down under. So without further ado now, we're going to head over to hear what Dr. William Seeds has to say. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have a superstar for you. I have combed the world to find yet another amazing doctor who is going to share some of his insights today. I have Dr. William Seeds. Welcome to the show, Dr. Seeds. Fantastic to have you. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Oh, it's it's really fabulous. I've been doing a little bit of study on your work and I came to hear about you through our mutual friend, Dr. Elizabeth Yurth from the Boulder Longevity Institute. And I know that she's part of your SSRP group um, and has been learning lots from you and uh, your colleagues. Uh, and so I was like, right, I need to... Um, learn from you too. So I've been lucky enough to to get some time with you today to share about, well, we're going to get into hopefully peptides and uh, cellular health. But before we do that, Dr. Seeds, can you just give me a little bit of background on yourself and, and how did you end up where you are now as opposed to, you know, just being just being an orthopedic surgeon? Well, so that's a great, that's a really good question because it's, um, it has a lot to do with wh- why my journey hasn't even begun yet. Um, and, and this, this may make sense and it, it may resonate even with you and with your personal story with your mother and, and what you've done to help her in, in her life. Um, mine, so my journey started, uh, back around when I was, uh, uh, I want to say close to 16 years of age, um, where I had, um, I was an athlete. Um, I was a young kid that really didn't have much of a, 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 a brain to understand the real world. I was just focused on sports and my dad was a very sports oriented father and very, uh, he, I trained with him and we were like best friends. And unfortunately, uh, I lost him in front of me. He, he died in oh. front of me, uh, on the track and I couldn't do anything to save oh. him. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and it was, it, 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 it had such an effect on me that, you know, my life changed and, and I could do nothing. And here was somebody that I thought was in the best health of their life. You know, that somebody who was working out, doing everything right back 40 years ago. And, and so I ended up, you know, I ended up with lots of, uh, questions in my mind, lots of anger. Um, you know, I had no idea how to deal with, uh, with grief. And all of a sudden I was the oldest in the family and I I, I had to take charge. So my life changed drastically and, but I was up for it. I was like, Hey, you know, my dad prepared me to be this person. Let's go. And, and I, that from that point moving on, I, um, I started, I wanted to learn more about what I could that 
maybe other people didn't know or other people understood. And that was this word biochemistry and, and, um, uh, molecular biology, things that had an influence on why do things happen? I mean, that just popped into my head, really. Um, and I found a book out there that was written by a couple biochemists and it was a comprehensive clinical practices, life extension book that was written by, uh, Drew Pearson and, um, and, uh, his, his wife, two biochemists. And it was about 800 pages of, of real chemistry and, and just an explanation, starting to be an explanation of, you know, why do things happen? And they, they were at the forefront of really understanding some, the beginnings, I think of, of, of what, why, why we need to look at not, we need to look for answers and this is where it starts basically. So they were giving me a blueprint, basically. And and the best part of this book is it had a chapter on how to do research. And so, so this is the crazy part. So I ended up getting this book. I read it and I had no idea what it said in it. I read it like intently with notes and I read it so well that no one could read it that well. And I had no idea what I was reading. <laughs> and, and, and so then I'm off to ready to go to college, take this book with me. And I actually went to college and I was a, I was a business major. I was a finance major in college, but I spent all my time in college. I spent all my time rereading this book and using the library to, um, as they taught me how to research. And I just researched the things that I thought were important related to this book and also related to training and all these things I did. And it was, it, it was like, I had this incredible, I spent so much time on it. Um, I mean, I basically, that's what I did in school. I never went to my business classes. I would take the tests and show up, but all I did was go. And this book was my, was my Bible. Yep. And, and I built this incredible um, research around this book. And it's, it started to be where like in my friends in school, I would help them with their biochemistry. I help them with their biology and I'm this business guy. <laughs> and and it, they, it was just, I just really wasn't thinking about it because it was a passion I had. It was something that was, I didn't, it had nothing to do with school, but I had the resources because I was in college. I had everything I needed. So it got to be to this point where I was like, you know, I'm graduating with a business degree and I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, I, I, I see a different path. And so, and I'm sorry, this is taking so long. No, no, this is gold. This is gold. So, this is what got you started. So I went to my department, I went to the department chair of who was in charge of going to medical school. And I asked them, I said, Hey, look, I'm graduating in business school, but I think I want to go to medical school. And I think I could take this test to get in. And, you know, can I do that? And this guy looks at me and laughs and just says, no, you can't do that. You need to go, you need to just take your business degree and you, you do your, you know, go that route. You, you just can't do that. And I looked at this guy and I, I was, you know, that's one thing with me is if you tell me I can't do it, that, that means it's going to be done. <laughs> and, 
it's like it, 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 I should I really should thank all the people who always tell me you can't or that will never happen because I mean that's <laughs> right that's that's the wrong thing to say to me it's like oh here we go again so I really got pissed and I what I ended up uh I ended up calling down at the universe, another university that had a medical school. And I asked if I could get an interview with someone to help me. So uh, it was actually interesting because it was the first time I had to get a, a coat and tie and, you know, show up for an interview, which I thought was important to look good. And I went down and they gave me an interview with somebody and I go in this room and this person's like sitting there smiling. And I said, look, I'm a business major. I've got an interest in, in, I think, medicine, and I've just you know, done a lot of my own stuff. And all I want to know is, how do I take the test to get in so I can just come to medical school? And they they laughed and they said, no, you can't do it that way. But what you could do is take these courses this summer. If you, if you really want to do this, this is what you have to do. So they gave me a list of classes to take and said, you got to do really well on them. And then if you take these, then we would consider that being prepared to take this test. So basically it was like an accelerated chemistry degree that I was going to do in a summer. Wow. And, um, and I was like, wow. So I get to go learn stuff I already know. And I could just kind of test out what I really know. I thought, wow, that would be cool. So I went back to summer school, took a, I took general chem and organic chem, all this stuff together and biology. And I mean, my, it was crazy actually for, for the summer. But anyways, I loved it. It went well. It correlated so much with some things I did, but I, I just knew so much more. Yeah. Wow. And, and it was, and I was like, okay, took my test, did really well on my test. And, um, and then I, so this school, I really liked the school people that talked to me there. And I applied to the school, what, what was back then called early admission. So I had only applied to one medical school and they tell you early. So it's like a really fast way of getting into a school. Well, I got it. I, I got a interview to the school and uh, went down for my interview. I sit down and in the room comes that person that originally talked to me when I came down there. Love it. This, this is a true story. And this person is smiling, looking at me and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're the person I talked to a year ago. Um, when I told you you couldn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, oh, the not person, that one. <laughs> this is the person that gave me the, the, the roadmap of what I needed to oh, do. Right. Gotcha. Who said, who said, who said I could do it. This is what you need to do. And, and they, because they wrote it out for me very nicely on a piece of paper. Well, I pulled out of my coat pocket um, that piece of paper with my checklist of, okay, this done, this done, this done. And, and I said, look, I put this, this was what I looked at every day. And, you know, I looked at that and I, and, and don't take this wrong, but it was like, I looked at this and I also had a, a picture of this other guy that I flipped off every day because he really pissed me off. You know, <laughs> I, I made it into my own little battle. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and so, so she looks at me and she just goes, and we had an interview and so forth. And she goes, will you come to my medical school? And I go, your medical school. And she goes, well, I'm the Dean of the medical school. And I, was, I was like, what the heck? This is amazing. <laughs> so, so I got in, I got in and, 
And then I went back. So I got early admission, got accepted. And in my college, I was the only one accepted early admission to medical school. So I went to this guy that told me I couldn't. And I had it had to set up a time to meet with him. And I came in, I said, do you remember me? And he's like shaking his head. And I go, I'm the guy who got into your, I'm in your program that you don't know about that got in early admission uh, to your, to this medical school. And he's like, yes, yes, of course. You're one of our great, you're one of our best. I, oh, great to see you. That was fantastic. I've been promoting you. To, I've been talking about you. I said, you don't know who I am. I go, I'm the guy you told who couldn't go to medical school. I'm the guy who had that business degree. And he just is like, he's turned, he turned like white. You know, I, I can remember this vividly now. Right. And so that's where it began. And all I said to him is I look, I go, you know what? I go for me, that work telling me no, but I'll, I want to tell you something that this can be done and people can approach this from any angle. Doesn't matter where you, who, where you come from. I go, it's all about passion. It's all about what they, people want. And, and you denied that. And, and so hopefully maybe this will help you, but, but thank you for what you did it for me, because you really pissed me off, you know? <laughs> and so that, that was the beginning. And that's, uh, and, and so that, so believe it or not, that never ended for me. I kept even in med school. So at, at the beginning I was in an MD PhD type of thing. And I didn't end up finishing that because that, that to me wasn't where I wanted to go. But I kept my own, I was in this, I, I hate to say it, but I've always been in my own mode of learning while trying to keep up with everything else. Yes, trying to so, do the, check the boxes, but. Check the boxes, because med school's like that too. <laughs> and and I just kept pushing my agenda and I never have stopped. Wow. And and it it gave me this incredible repertoire of, information accessible to myself that I just built on what I thought was important and based on some really brilliant people to start with. And it's, it turned into a monster and, and, um, and I didn't really, I haven't really realized what I have still don't. Um, but it gave me these great opportunities to parlay. So, so, so I went into medical school. I saw a lot of things I didn't like that didn't make any sense to me. And I'd argue and get in trouble. And I just decided I better just be quiet so I can get through and get to another point someday where maybe what relevancy I had in my mind could be helpful because I really saw the importance of the cell. I saw the importance of pathways. I saw the importance of knowing why something happens. Well, then how do we use that to treat? That never happened in medical school. You don't, that does not have, we, we go into medical school thinking that's what we're going to learn. That's not the way it goes. It's a different agenda. And even though it's, it's very, it's good. I mean, it, it's, it's a way it's, a, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, I think it could be done so much better, but going forward, you know, so I became an orthopedic sir. I got into orthopedics um, because that was a way of repair and recovery and had a lot to do with training and all things I was interested in. But I also haven't had an avenue there of where I could, I could parlay some ideas and thoughts and transition some things into 
a lot of things I knew about nutrition and um, the the cell. I mean, it, it always came back to knowing what the keeps cell. a cell healthy. Mm-hmm. And it just got me so far. And then it built my orthopedic career and I could do things and help people in different ways that, um, that made it, made, made, gave me a position where people sought me out because I could, I could, I could actually do things to accelerate repair. I could do things to get people back an athlete back professionally where they didn't have to be worried about re-injury like you typically do once you're injured. It's, it's all about minimizing scar tissue and minimizing fibrosis and actually getting more anatomical healing if you operate or, or so forth. But long story short, that's where it all started. Yep. And then it just, that's uh, huge. No. it, it, it blew, it blew up from there and, uh, and it hasn't stopped. And in fact, I kind of say, I'm just starting, I'm just getting started because, because now I have had, you know, luckily I had some people about, oh, about eight, nine years ago who convinced me to come teach for them and, and start giving people some understanding of what I do. And I had no idea the impact that would have on I, I didn't know how much people really wanted to go back and relearn. And, you know, a lot of stuff I, I discuss is very complicated, but it isn't if you go over it and over it, over it, and you, it's another language, but it makes sense once you get it. And, and it's, and it's not that I'm smart. It's not that I'm, um, I've just worked very hard to gain that knowledge and, and I just have it. So, and, and I know how to keep building it. And that, that's where, that, that's all it is. I just have a leg up on, I've been doing it for a while. And I, and I know how to keep looking and keep searching because it'll never stop. Especially not in this area because it's just growing and blowing up around the world, the whole peptides and cellular health. And it will never stop because we can't know enough. Yeah. And, and that's the beautiful thing. It's like, it, it just keeps you so hungry and so, uh, I've never, there's not a day I can't wait. I can't wait to start getting like when I get up early and I'm, I know I got to do my workout, but in the middle, I'm going to look up this article and then I'm going to, and it, and it, the beauty of it is, is that I have no path when I do like I have a, I give myself a certain amount of the day in the morning where I can go anywhere I want. I don't have a pattern. I just let my brain go. And that's actually the funnest because you know how you go down a rabbit hole and it just keeps you just, you, you go, well, wait, I I need to go down here because that's interesting. And and you end up somewhere else. Like how the heck did I get here? But then that ends up parlaying into something like, gosh, I've been working on this patient for a while. And why didn't I, and I, why didn't I see this? Why did, how could I miss this? And it's the most beautiful experience. And, and I feel so privileged that I get to, I, I get to, it's almost like I got somebody helping me and guiding me yet. I know it's just, mm. uh, wow. I don't who know. It's, who, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, who knows? <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, it's almost like when I have something that comes into my head, it ends up turning out to be so important in helping something else or being 
just by, by not having an agenda sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. so gosh, I, I've really talked so much here about just myself, but <laughs> no, but this has been, this is gold, Dr. Seeds, because it, it helps me understand you and your work now because I understand your background and I just resonate so much with all of that, you know, being told you can't do it. So, okay, I'll find a way around it. And with sheer guts and determination and fight that you, you know, you were willing to go that. And I also, you know, um, that the whole, like with the medical school and the, the way the medical system even is set up, you know, knowing that you have to go and be, learn certain things. And even when you don't agree with everything, you learn it all. But now that you are an expert and at the top of your game, now you get the freedom to go and hang on a minute, guys. Now I can bring in all this other things without being shot down because you're a junior who had to go through those ranks, so to speak. Now you can bring in all that creative thinking that you've uh, really brought to this space and being able to pull it all together um, to actually educate now other because you educate a, a lot of physicians um, and healthcare professionals um, in this area that we're going to get dive into shortly um, and I just think this is it's really you know like for me I I, I, w- I want to get the information that you have around the peptides but it's also for me really exciting to understand the person behind the story and uh, the what drives you to be and who you know you've become which is just fantastic and and you were an athlete and you've worked with many athletes as well along the way haven't you um and this because i know with like dr youth too from orthopedic you know also in the orthopedic realm being frustrated with the what was on offer which was you know drugs and surgeries basically and you guys now working in completely different ways and i've been like wow so a mechanical injury doesn't just have to be fixed with surgery which is our sort of normal way of thinking um so that may be a a good place to to dive off into this new world of peptides in fact probably we need to define what the heck are peptides and what is it that you do now in in that space sure so so peptides were just a way for me to just start introducing a concept to um, physicians and other healthcare providers of 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 how the cells communicate information, how certain important things that happen in 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 maintaining cellular health is actually manipulated by signaling agents, and peptides are basically like signaling agents that um, are amino acids mm-hmm. that are connected by peptide bonds and mm-hmm. they have a, and they can be linear, they can be helical, they can be spiral. Um, they, they can be all different kinds of conformations and that will influence the strength of the peptide, the half-life of the peptide, the penetration and these peptides, you can actually think of them. It's kind of an overall, it's uh, saying a a peptide is basically a, it's a little smaller than a protein. Mm -hmm. And, but then there's something called a polypeptide, which can be as big as a protein. It, It just, it's semantics, but, but basically they're signaling agents that in the body that they could be also called enzymes. They could be called hormones. They could be called receptors. Um, they could be called ligands, which are things that attach to receptors. So they have lots of different 
names depending on where they are and how they're made. So that gives you a tremendous amount of leeway when you're talking about cellular metabolism and cellular health. Um, it's a, it's a nice, it's a great starting point to get people into that world of thinking about the cell. And because, for instance, um, uh, insulin is like the most, is one mm. of the first major peptides uh, discovered um, that made such a significant difference in health in, in uh, keeping people alive and healthy. And, you know, Nobel Peace Prizes were won over this. And, mm. and that was back in the 1920s when we first realized insulin was there. And, and so people don't even realize that that's a peptide. So peptides have been around and some of the greatest science in the world has been, it has started with that. And, and the, that's where this is so fascinating is the amount of research on peptides is phenomenal. It's, 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 uh, you, I can't, you, we can't even, you can't quantify it. It's just beyond, but, but it's a, um, so it's, it's, it's really just a starting point in a conversation about talking about peptides and then, you know, what are their, rel- how do you bring their relevance into cell health and how do you get people kind of into that, uh, into your under, how do you make something very, that, that can be complicated just because there's so much to it, but it really isn't complicated if you make it easy for people to understand and you give them some you give them some little building blocks of understanding and then, then you can build out that understanding of the cell. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's how I teach. I, I, because it's, you want to make it, you know, it, it's one of those things like, don't ever, if anybody tells you something is too complicated, if anybody tells you that this is, you know, you have to have a PhD to understand it, you know, right away, you should call bullshit because it means you just can't teach it well. <laughs> and, and, and everybody, just because a, a title means nothing to me, a title means absolutely nothing. Just means you put some work in, but does it mean anything? No, we all have the same capability of understanding. And so our job is to educate people of really what they have out there and not to, not to keep them thinking they can't learn this because, because, because you, you are the empowered person. You are the one who can make decisions and make them correct. You just have to have, you, you need a little bit more information to make better decisions and, and you want to be able to find those people that can help you make those decisions. And, um, and you want to be able to be, to ask questions. You want to be able to participate because, uh, that's how it works. You and know, this is, this is where I see like a complete paradigm shift happening where we're able to now, because of the internet and the technologies and the access through things like podcasts and PubMed and things like that, that I can go and access, I can do my own research. I can become an expert in one particular area. Quite quickly, you know, the story with my mum, and as my audience knows, I became pretty, you know, adept at researching and finding out. I, I had no medical background, but once you understand the, the concepts of learning and researching, then the power is in your hands 
to go out there and actually find the experts, find the studies, find whatever it is that you're looking for. And that empowers the person. And I think there's, there's a paradigm shift happening where people are becoming more empowered to actually go and learn. Just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service free for everybody and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on patron.lisatamati.com. That's P-A-T-R-O-N dot lisatamati.com. We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month, New Zealand, or $15 a month if you really want to support us. So we we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the strength guide for runners, uh, the power to vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries and much, much more. So check out all the details, patron.lisatamati.com and thanks very much for joining us. Like there is, I I do not have a, a doctorate. I'm not an MD. I have, but I want to learn about peptides because peptides for me are, uh, uh, they seem like just magic. They seem to me like just magical things that can do so many things in so many areas and help with so many diseases. Why wouldn't I not want to learn about this? Just as a layperson, why would I not want to understand at least the basics and where I can perhaps you know get access to them. Now, that's its own problem at the moment, just getting access to these things. Um, but that's changing too. And I think this is where the power of, of, of podcasts like this, where we can just people make people aware, what, what, is a, what is a peptide? What does it do? Why should I be thinking about it? What things can it help with? Um, you know, on that basic sort of level so that people can understand this incredible area of of. And, and, and it all comes down to cellular health. I mean, I'm a student of Dr. Ewes now, and I understand that it all comes back down to the cell, to the single cell. If we can break down everything back to that, getting that cell doing what it's meant to be doing, what it was intended by nature to do before it got toxins and stress and environmental and aging and all of those things. And if we can bring it back into homeostasis, then we can you know, live longer, healthier, better lives in, in end effect if we if we extrapolate that then up to, you know, the organ and system level. So can you just tell me, Dr. Seeds, where would you start with this, this peptide conversation? What are some of the things that it can be helped with different peptide combinations and things like that? You know, what sort of diseases are we talking about? Sure. And I, and I think that's important what you said to realize that what we're doing with peptides, so what you have to respect and what I, I, I teach all my physicians and, and right at the beginning of, of, under, of how we're working with, with the cell and, and trying to basically, we're, what we're really trying to do is control the epigenetic influences on, on, on how the cell can change, right? Because a cell has a genome and it's a particular genome that is to that person and and that function is 
is a, sp- a specified function of the cell based on the genome. But we know that not always will that genome function and produce the proteins and enzymes and things that it's supposed to because of influences on that genome that can, that aren't changing the genetics, but they're influencing changes in transcription and translation, which just means making new proteins and so forth that may be different. And that's what, that's a, basically an epigenetic influence. And, mm-hmm. and that, that is the key of understanding where, yeah, we work, we're working on genetics from the epigenetic side of, yep. because epige- the epigenome is reversible. The genome is not. Mm-hmm. So we're doing something to influence those things that you were talking about every day that affect us. We have stress, we have radiation, we have, um, we have aging, we have, um, disease. You've got always you. So this is where the point I'm trying to make is the cell is this incredibly intelligent. uh, You can almost say person. (laughs) it, it, It is, it has its own intelligence. You have to, you have to respect that because, because really all we're doing is giving the cell its ability to correct itself. We don't want to, we're not doing things to, to change the cell in doing something. We're giving the cell its ability to, to right the wrongs because, because the intelligence of the cell is beyond us. It's beyond me. I, I don't, I, I have, I do not have the capacity to understand how that cell knows its job in the in the billion of path, pathways it needs to maintain um, uh, the word like you know what you call homeostasis I call redox I call cellular yeah. redox which is is basically keeping thermonuclear dynamics of a cell within reason and 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 that gives the cell you know the cell like it's it's like the air conditioner it's working just right it's not too hot everything's moving along so so that that's the focus the focus of when, when i when i start to introduce this thought it's it's look we're giving the cell the ability to do things where we're not trying to manipulate the cell in a wrong way which which isn't bad either, but, but you gotta, if you're going to correct things, you've got to let the cell, you got to give the cell its ability to correct itself. And that, you know, that's kind of where some of the genetic, um, like CRISPR and some things down the road are focused on and giving the cell the ability to correct itself and in a, in a, in a higher fashion, basically. But, but we're doing things on a, on a level, a self-signaling level. And, and I think sometimes the best example. So, so, so let's start with that understanding. Let's just say we have a cell that does its job every day and things can happen to influence how that cell changes called epigenetic changes. And let's say that cell starts not performing well and it becomes, it, it becomes a problem of where it's creating signaling agents that may not be good for other cells because it's kind of, it's like a burning star. It's yep. just, it, things aren't going well. Well, putting out chemicals, cytokines and 
what cytokines, yeah. chemokines, mm-hmm. proteases mm-hmm. that are that are not healthy for other good cells. Well, what we when when that cell is doing that, it has a program genetically to pull itself out of play. Okay. But that system doesn't go right all the time. Yep. And in fact, you can consider it like it it all it, it wants to become immortal also. It doesn't want to die. It's like its own being. It's like, hey, I'd rather be bad and play than die. Yep. And and so I call it going to the dark side. And it becomes <laughs> That's it, a good it, analogy. It, it becomes this thing we call senescent. It's a senescent, senescent cell. cell. And and so those senescent cells are actually are actually the key to to disease to aging you name it that's it, it that's what we're working against with with everything with injury disease and cancer and and so so if we understand that and we understand that it has to do with signaling and and then if we can understand that once that senescent cell establishes itself it becomes a very difficult cell to get rid of yep and in fact if you can think if you think about the the body in the human and how we're always you know things are always changing and reproducing and we're always making new cells and so you can see over time how those cells potentially can build up Yep. And that, that's, that's aging. That's, yep. that's aging. And because we become less efficient in removing them and those cells become more efficient in creating problems. And, and so it's a, it's a balance again. It's a basically a balance. And, and so we have, if you understand why a cell may go that way and become senescent. So that's a big thing I, I teach. I spend a lot of time showing how cells make those decisions, how things can happen, but I also show how we have ways to potentially stop a cell from progressing into senescence, but also helping. So, so this gets a little more complicated, but it gets to where we can do things to help the immune system become better and recognize these senescent cells and 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 help to remove them. them And, and, and so, so that's, that's kind of the beginning of, okay, so we, we know there's disease, we know there's aging, we know there's cancer, so we know there's injury. So where do you start with trying to explain this, this amazing story of, of bringing in an understanding of why the cell is so important to understand? Well, the best category to really to gain that knowledge for people or to get them excited is actually aging. And, and because we can show you definable points in a cell, for instance, let's take the brain, the brain, as we age, as we age, the brain loses its capacity to release this thing, a master hormone called growth hormone, Yes, yep. which is, which is like the master regulator of, of everything. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yeah. And, and what's really interesting is that starts changing at the, about the age of 30. Mm. And it just is a slow decline in how much you produce every five to 10 years of age. And by 50 years of age, you're producing 
almost not not half of what you did at age 25, but pretty close to wow. to to that number. So there's lots. So and and the the amazing thing that people need to know is you haven't lost the capacity to make it because you could be a hundred years old and make just as much growth hormone as a 25 year old. It's just the influences that affect that anterior pituitary and releasing that growth hormone. It's what's happened in your life. What's happened to what it has to do with senescence and it has to do with what is being created to inhibit or or to affect how those cells release growth hormone because, because that has a great effect on a lot of efficiencies of the cell, of, of the mitochondria, of, of um, fat oxidation, so many metabolic processes. So, so it's a great way to introduce people to, well, you've been, you've heard of growth hormone and then you teach them about IGF-1 and because that's a downstream product of growth hormone. And let me show you how we can take a peptide to help you regain that ability to release your own endogenous growth hormone. And why is that important? Because, because endogenous growth, because growth hormone, and this gets complicated, but it isn't, if, if I do this right, growth hormone doesn't mean, so when you release growth hormone from your anterior pituitary, it is released specific to what the body is demanding at that moment. Meaning growth hormone has hun- has over a hundred different isoforms. Meaning it, it's not the same growth hormone every time. It's a growth hormone that be, may be more focused on repair or more, or growth hormone more focused on metabolism or growth wow. hormone more focused on the mitochondria. Because again, the cell knows what to make when the body has the demand. And and that's why we get into trouble when we try to make something synthetic, yep. like synthetic growth hormone, which 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 it's years ago used to, yeah. it's just it's just one type, one right. type of, of over a hundred that you make. Wow. So so and, and that it gets can lead more, to cancers and things like that if you do it wrong. Well it that yeah that's a that's a kind of a misnomer but mm-hmm. but it leads to again inefficiencies of the cell you're you're thinking right because because the cell recognizes that isn't correct at that time it's it's like getting a mixed message it's like okay wait that's not the that's not what i was asking for um and in fact you your brain you pulse out growth hormone you have the potential to pulse it out about every three hours. And the most important release of growth hormone is when you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And so that's why sleep is this monumental, important yeah, thing that people yep. are just starting to recognize. Mm. But the, And then we bring in all of these things about circadian rhythms and how there's this great influence of how the earth rotates with the sun and how that has everything to do with how you sleep and and and... Mm-hmm. release of growth hormone. And, and so it becomes this wonderful story you can put together for people that makes sense, but also that can be applied to helping improve cellular metabolism on so many, uh, in so many planes at wow. once, wow. Um, just by 
just by giving one signal. And, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, think about one signal. Where, where else do we know if we penetrate an egg with a sperm, just that's just one signal, what happens? Yep. Billions of reactions happen down the road for nine months. Billions. Mm -hmm. And the most beautiful thing comes out of it, right? Yeah. This is what what I'm talking about. We we it's powerful, even though it's short a a short lived uh release of 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 a signaling molecule that is basically only there for a very short time of time, but the cascade over time is just massive. And it's these things like ipamorelin and semoralin and, and these are the ones that are uh, for growth hormone um, release. And so that's just one, you know, like um, I've got mum, she's going to be on ipamorelin. Right. Um, we're working on getting that down here, so that's another conversation, but um, <laughs> working on that. And uh, because she's had a, a massive brain injury, Yes. She's prone to dementias and, and things like that. Um, and so whatever I can do. So cerebralycin, we're also uh, getting her on so that we can help re, I don't know exactly what it does, but it's going to help her brain. Is it the growth hormone pathways that we're looking at with both of those actually? No, cerebralycin no. or that's a different one? Yeah, yeah. So So number one, with traumatic brain injury strokes, and we we know that they they have a decreased capacity. So number one, she's older, mm-hmm. so she's not producing growth, growth hormone, hormone like she potentially could. Number two, brain injuries like that tend to shut down more growth hormone production. So so all you're doing, so you're using something that's called a GHRP, mm-hmm. which is a different, um, which does something to offset um, an inhibitor of releasing growth hormone in the brain. It, it's called wow. somatostatin. Yep. So, 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 so ipamorelin works on stopping that inhibition and giving the ability of that secretagogue, that anterior pituitary cell to release growth hormone yep. within, within about 20 minutes of that, that usage of that peptide. So it's a very specified use for it. Typically at night when you go to bed, mm-hmm. first thing when you wake up, you, and then you can use it all. You know, there are all other ways to That's use it cold. with training and so forth. But it, but what it can be very effective in. So what it's so what it's also doing is in the brain, growth hormones got got a lot of importance in in in, in many pathways. But one of these other things, just because, just to understand again, the importance is it has a downstream product called IGF-1 mm-hmm. that is very important in the brain, very important in memory, very important in the blood-brain barrier, very, very important in protection, cytoprotection, controlling apoptosis, but also um, in influencing neuroplasticity of the brain. So, so yes, so from that fashion, um, growth hormone has some tremendous downstream effects that are effective in so many ways, so many ways in helping people regain the ability to improve cellular metabolism in the brain because, because you lose, there are a lot of issues that happen, but you lose, you lose some basic controls of how glucose is utilized in the brain and, 
And, and this, this does some things to work on more mitochondrial efficiencies also and, and some beta oxidation. And, um, but long, the, the generality of this is it's, um, and especially as people are getting older, it's just this incredible tool to give the brain that little spark it needs again to, to reestablish some control in metabolism. Yep. But, but also in neuroplasticity and, and also stem cells in the brain to get them be, be, because, because your mom with her issue developed a tremendous amount of senescence in her brain yeah, and, yeah. and senescence fights everything. It fights. It, it's interesting. Senescent cells tend to hang out close to stem cells and you have stem cells oh, everywhere so in the body. Suppresses it, stem cell production. It, it, well, it suppresses, the, it suppresses the stem cells ability to perform in yeah, repair yeah, yeah. like you, like you would like to see it. And it can convert stem cells to senescent stem cells. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's, it's so, so anyways, that's one of the things you're doing, um, in, in with that. And the, the cerebrolysin works on many different levels, um, in, um, working on, uh, uh, different growth factors to affect different activity, like improving dendritic, uh, dendrites, dendritic arborization, synaptosis, synapsis between neurons, mm-hmm. um, growth basically, um, and to help axonal flow in the axon wow. and, 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 and trafficking of mitochondria back and forth in the axon. So, so there's all kinds of things these, these do synergistically to help improve function. It's amazing. Yeah. So is it basically that one of the only things that can actually really re help you regain? It's not it's not neurogenesis, is it? It's not it's not growing new neurons, is it? So we believe, yes. So no, if if we believe in neuroplasticity, we're all about believing in building new new neural pathways because because you can. Just because something's damaged, you there's no reason. And, and I think we're, we're, we've already shown that, you, you know, that age is not a discriminator. Even in older people, you can produce new, new neural pathways. So, so all we're doing is setting the stage for the, for you to be able to do that. And, um, and there's, there, and there's, there are a, there are, there are multitudes there are many different ways of getting to that, those steps. And, and it's really about, um, you know, it's timing, it's planning and it's all, it's changing steps to keep building the momentum and, um, with other, uh, peptides and small molecules and supplements and so forth that are very effective. And, and don't forget the gut has a big, place in brain problems and especially traumatic brain injuries. And, and you have to work on that at the same time. And that's all about cell signaling too, because your, your gut makes a lot of neurotransmitters. Yeah. It's, it's so important to, this is why you have to, you have to understand this communication 
to make sure you're doing your best to, to take care of the, of the cell. And then, and then it's actually looking at the cell membrane itself, the cell membrane, you lose certain phospholipids and plasmologens in the, in the cell membrane that are vital to conduction in axons and, and how neurons work. And, and so we, that's what we do. We work on just building things back. And so for people with brain injuries or listen to this or Alzheimer's or neurodegeneration of some way, shape or form, there is hope now. There is hope with a combination. And I think this is always like a, a multi-pronged approach that needs to be taken and obviously under the auspices of a, of a very experienced physician. And this is the, the difficulty that, you know, we have around the world. There's not many Dr. Seeds out there and Dr. Yus out there, unfortunately not enough of you yet, um, to, to, to help people to put together a protocol. So if someone like me, I've put together, I've, I've had to play doctor for my own mother for the last five and a half years um, and put together a protocol based on the best that I could do for her. And we've done pretty bloody well, you know, we've done pretty damn well, but I'm only just becoming aware of the whole peptide world. And, you know, so, and I'm in the research, you know, so this is like, this is just so many things that don't seem to be getting to the light of day enough. And this is one of the reasons why this podcast is so important is to share, hey, this may be something for for you, for your loved one that you need to go and explore. And then, you know, you will have your challenges finding it and getting access to it. But it's so important for things like brain injuries, because how many people have, you know, strokes and, and aneurysms and concussions and multiple sclerosis and, and all of these brain issues that could perhaps be helped with some of these, you know, with some of these peptides and a combination of other things. Um, I, no, I, I, absolutely. And I'd even take it one step further that my goal someday is to help people have enough knowledge to know that, well, how do I prevent myself from getting to that stage? Yeah. How, can I, how can I be more prepared with my health that if I do have a traumatic injury, how am I better set for that? How am I better set for what people don't realize is that, uh, like, for instance, Alzheimer's starts starts in your thirties. It starts very early and it goes on for 10 to 15 years before you even know anything's happening. So, so why not take advantage of how we know where we can change a cell? We can change a cell to be more protective, more efficient and keep that cell. It, it, I, I always tell people, it's not about, we're not looking to live to 150 years of age. And if we can, great, but we're looking to live every day of our lives at our fullest capacity. And I'm, I'm, I'm 60 and I'm wow. doing things that I, I do things better than I did in my twenties, my thirties and my forties and my fifties. And I, I am, I, I believe I'm representing this well in showing that I've just got started and, and I'm, uh, there is, there is just so much that people deserve to know that they can be doing it, you know, that they can change their life no matter what state they're in. But boy, if we can educate people to what's available for them and, and protecting them longer um, and getting them to, uh, to be able to take advantage of growing older 
but with 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 function, full function, with function, with dignity, with brilliance. With I mean, I'm telling you, as I get older, I get smarter, right? Exactly. There's, yeah. And, and, and I, I understand, I wish I had this brain when I was younger because I was stupid when I was younger. But, <laughs> me too. <laughs> right. But, but let me take advantage of it. Let me, let me utilize it now. And, and so I'm, I'm fortunate and privileged to be able to, to do what I'm doing and yeah. to, to, and you can keep an your own brain going, you know, and, and this is what I, you know, totally agree. Like we seem, you know, we just get to a point in our lives, like I'm 53 and, you know, like I, um, I feel like I'm at the peak of where I've been till now and still going up in my intellectual abilities and my maturity and my wisdom. And I'm just getting started too, you know, like, um, and, and that now is the time we're meant to be slowing down and, you know, heading off into the sunset and sitting on a beach and enjoying our retirement. I mean, I don't see you retiring anytime soon because you've got a big mission ahead of you. you know? That's not, that's not even in my vocabulary. No, me neither. It's well, just, and you don't need to because you know how to keep yourself well right. because of all this. So, so Lisa, I, I hate to do this to you, but I have to be on another, I have to do something and get, <laughs> not a problem. Have, but, can we, we can back? we pick this conversation up in part two? Can we do that? Abs- absolutely. That I would, would love be wonderful. To, I would love to do that with you and help you. And, um, and I, I love your messaging. I love what you're doing. And, um, I'm, I'm behind you a hundred percent. And I just feel bad that I have to, no, it's, it's, it, we, we had an hour set and I'd just forgotten the time because, um, but yes, we'll get you on for part two so that we can actually dive into the weeds of some of these peptides and cellular health. So thank you, Dr. William Seeds, for your time today. It's been marvelous. Well, thank you for having me. And, um, but like I said, you couldn't have had a better representative than Dr. Betsy Earth. I mean, She's you know, there you go, right? I know. She is wonderful. And we will get you back on for part two, Dr. Seeds. Thank you. Okay, Lisa, nice to... That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 